Hello there. It's time for most things Kenobi. Shouldn't it be all things Kenobi? Hmm. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Most Things Kenobi, a podcast about Obi-Wan Kenobi and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Lauren. And I'm your host, Leanne. And this week, we are diving in to episode three of the Kenobi series. Holy shit. (laughs) Like, holy shit. (laughs) I know. Like, (laughs) Oh my god. I I watched it when it came out. I stayed up till like 2 a.m., and was screaming at my laptop for uh, an hour. <laughs> I watched it as soon as I woke up and was screaming at my television. Like, <laughs> I was, I, for, I, there's there's all kinds of ways we could describe episode three of the <laughs> Kenobi series. But like, thank you for what we got. This was bold. Yeah. Oh, it was brave. Yes. And I died. <laughs> Leanne, Leanne had a moment of ecstasy, I'm sure. I I started watching it. I was 10 minutes in and I was like, I picked up my phone and texted her. I know you're asleep, but when you wake up, you're going to fucking lose your mind when you watch this episode. And I did. And it was glorious. <laughs> oh, my God. My soul left my body. <laughs> Mine, too. I sat there for like a good hour. I was like pacing my hotel room, just like. What did I just see? Like, what have I just been watching? (laughs) For real. That's the statement. That's the statement that sums up episode three is, what did I just watch? And not in a bad way, in a good way. No, in a good way. And like, not even just the ending, which of course, if you've seen it, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, do not listen to this episode. Go go watch it first. (laughs) Yes, turn back now. We are not holding anything back. Okay. No. So not even just the ending. Like the whole episode had all these like little reveals in it that I was just like, what? And like it just escalated until the last scene made my brain explode. And like you said, my soul left my body. Totally. Totally. There were so many little things nestled in this episode that like made it wonderful and truly like... you know jaw dropping at different points where i was just like oh my god like for instance they mentioned quinlan voss i know i was so oh my god i was so excited when he said quinlan's name and then the inscription too that he left on the wall like that was a that was so i really would be happy if quinlan shows up right like okay obi-wan even looked like happy that he made it out like Quinlan like yes but you and I are happy because we're thinking Quinlan like I know it's like can we get a Quinlan my favorite Clone Wars episode is him and Quinlan (laughs) and I was thinking of it too like how messy they are together yeah and yet they all we've always said how they always have like a love and respect for each other as opposite as they are on the spectrum from one another you know what I mean yes yeah as Jedi they were Padawans at the same time, and I'm sure that they were, like, in the same class, crash, yeah. whatever you want to call it. They're of the same age, and they grew up together. Yeah. And I just, I just love like, it. I would love to see them. Oh, my God. I would love to see that in real life, like, live action. That would be so fucking cool. And there are actors who we are on the roster, but we haven't seen them yet 
True. In the show. So it's possible. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like right from the beginning. The very first, the very opening, right? You see like Obi-Wan meditating and they mm-hmm. intercut it with Vader being yes. put together, basically. Yes. Every piece of that scene gave me like chills times like to the nth degree. Yeah. It's so cool to see the pieces come together. I, you know, we've never quite seen that before. Yeah, like all the things that he, and he has to hang there. Yeah. Like he can't stand, he can't be no. standing. He, so he's hanging while they like attach his legs and his arms and his breathing apparatus, all of it. Ugh. Do you know how fucking irritated Anakin probably is every single time he has to wait for all of yeah. his pieces to be put together? I mean, it's no wonder what happens at the end of this episode happens. Like, that suppressed <laughs> rage that's constant, you know, which is, it was all part of Palpatine's plan is to keep him enraged constantly. Right. And well, he's helpless at yeah. the same time. Like he has to like helplessly let the droids put him together. Like, yeah. Yeah. What, what an interesting uh, duality there that like he builds droids and now they have to right. put him together which, every morning, basically. Truth be told, that's <laughs> one of the things I love about the Anakin Darth Vader character is that it's totally flipped on its head. He had such a love for droids. He made his own droid. He always respected machines and then he became one. It's like, yeah, I love shit like that. And not only that, but did you see, I know we got it in the, in the preview, the trailer, but the arm he received as a Padawan with Obi-Wan is the arm they focus on. Yeah. And it's just so bittersweet because he held Padme's hand in marriage with that arm and now it's literally a weapon of destruction yeah which we see later <laughs> oh my god um, I can't wait to talk about it I know oh god. we're gonna have to hold on to it till the end because it's like the last thing and it's like of course it's the first thing we want to talk about but I loved the intercutting of that scene because of course seeing Vader put together and everything is really cool but at the same time they're countering it with what Obi-Wan is going through and he's it's almost like prayer. You know, he's like got his hands folded and he keeps saying like, Master Qui-Gon, give me strength. And then yeah. as he says, he's coming. Then they they cut to Vader and it's the breathing. It's like the audio goes down to zero and you just hear Vader breathing. It's so Which fucking is, good. <laughs> it's literally all you need. That's it. That's all you need. He is the yeah. world's best villain for a reason. You don't have to see him. You don't have to, you know, anything. You just have to hear him. It's iconic. It yeah. is so, I, I just love it. I love it. I love that they're having James Earl Jones do the voice still, too. It's you literally, so great. You just took it right out of my head, what I was going to say. And James Earl <laughs> Jones, is, Jones is back again to bitch slap everyone with his amazing voice. <laughs> he is the king. I he love is everything. Him. He's such a great actor, and I, I would love to do an episode about him someday. But I'm so I'm we just will. so happy that he's back. It's yes, great. It's it's you can't substitute it. You know, it, there's yeah. no substitution. We're gonna have to someday, unfortunately, because you know not all know. not all things last. But I'm so glad we have him now. Well, maybe they'll find a way to like 
computerize his voice with enough like, well, I'm sampling. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure there's someone out there training right now to take his place when the time comes. Like, you know, yeah, right. Jimmy Fallon can literally do anyone's voice. There has to be someone out there who can do it. But none of this matters. We have James Earl Jones right now <laughs> in the Kenobi series. So there was this scene of him talking to Reva right at the beginning, which yes, I thought I loved that they showed Vader's castle. Like, oh, like I said, I would move oh, in there tomorrow. A hundred percent. That is a diva's castle. <laughs> and I it's just so great. The thing I love is how over the top it is. It's <laughs> yep. a literal throne. On the planet where you basically lost your human life. Right. It's And it's like, I'm sure that they talk about it somewhere in canon, but it just, it's like, to remind yourself every day of the No, reason, that's why he did it. Like, you are the way you are. <laughs> so, that's like why said, it, it's so fucking extra. <laughs> it, it's extra and it's so Skywalker. I don't give a fuck. I know he's Darth Vader right now, but it's the cape swish of him walking that is so skywalker to build that kind of castle in the place where it would enrage you the most constantly is so it's so over the top and exactly what i want and it looked great yeah it looks really i mean good. it just looked great everything like all the imagery of vader is really beautifully done and like it's interesting too, cinematically, because he's very centered in all of the frames, mm-hmm. which implies mm-hmm. that like he has no problems with being the way he is. And like, granted, I'm sure he doesn't like being a machine, but he's very like centered in his power right now. That's really clear from the cinematography, and I I think that's so yeah. cool. Yeah. It, well, I mean, we're talking ten years after the incident, right? So he's gotten time to not be so awkward in yeah. the machine. Uh, that he calls himself, that is himself, you know, so it probably, I mean, shit, I, I don't know. Mentally, he's not okay with any of it, but physically and put, like as far as a position with Palpatine, he's pretty <clears throat> solid. And I did like, first of all, Reva, love, I'm loving her character more and more every week. Same. She's, she's interesting as hell. I can't wait to see where this goes. But I found her confidence in front of Vader refreshing because most people cower in front of him. Yeah. She stood there like, like not an equal, but pretty close. She looked him in the eye. She spoke to him strongly. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She didn't bow down. I, I really like that. And I like that it came from a woman. I do too. And when he said, like, if you play, um, what did he say to her exactly? Like, if you prove yourself, the you'll be Grand Inquisitor. She didn't say anything. She didn't say, thank Mm, you, my lord, nothing like that. She just is stoic, staring at him, and, like, would rather not play any cards. You know? She just doesn't show anything. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. I I think Moses Ingram is doing an amazing job. Moses Ingram nailing it. And she looks great. And, oh, my God, if it were me acting in front of Hayden with the Vader suit on, I would still be scared. Because, like, even even Ewan said, yeah, you see this giant black suit imposing figure walking towards you on set, and you can't help but be like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For it's sure. Cool. I mean, I was afraid of Vader in VR. It was terrifying, so. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I have to say, too, 
that like all the interactions with Obi-Wan and Leia are giving me major Obi-Wan and Numa vibes. Very, very. And not only that, he is so sweet with her and she is, we'll say the character of Leia, not the actress, but little Leia is becoming more comfortable. And I loved how when they got in the farming truck, you know, and they, you know, hitched a ride, uh, that she just played along with the story and came up with the story and, she was you know, better really at it lends... than he was. She was like more she, agile, uh, right? On... Yeah, <laughs> right. And it really lends to when Leia eventually has to go pretend and save Han. Oh yeah, you know, in what is it? Return, Return of, the of the Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. You know, you you see where she's getting it from, and man, what a smart little cookie. She's a yeah. perfect balance of Anakin and Padme. Perfect balance. She is, and I know that. People are giving this child actress a lot of shit. I mean, there's been a lot of shit being slung with this that is frustrating to see. But like, it's beyond frustrating. She's doing such a good job. I think she's she's fantastic. She's so good, and I'm loving her performance. And it's it kind of struck me, and I, this is, I guess, obvious, maybe, but like, she is. Like, through Leia, Obi-Wan is being reintroduced to the world. You know, and it's like this child's experience is, like, the thing that's kind of starting to break the walls down that he had built up around him. You know, and it's like Mm -hmm. you see him, he still has moments. Like, when he turned her and he's like, people are not all good, Leia. Like, That's right. It's like he never spoke to people that way before, you know? like Never. And this is because he's been... He's learned his lessons the hard way, you know, by having terrible right. things happen. And he doesn't want Leia to fall into that trap. But he's, that is like slowly softening because Leia is just open still. She's a child mm-hmm. who's like an open mm-hmm. book having these experiences with the world, the worlds, because they keep planet hopping. But like, mm-hmm. it's actually really fun to see that. I think it's a really yes. beautiful technique that they're using to like. Maybe we should just get into this right now. Like, why don't we? Because we need to. This needs to be addressed because we're both fucking sick of this. Everyone talking about Obi Wan being weak. Yeah, let let let's talk about it because you and I have been talking about it behind the scenes for several days now, mm-hmm. and we're we're here to address this. Yeah, in our way. With our opinion of it. Yes. Of would you like to start it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> People are really disappointed that Obi-Wan isn't more in his power. It's like, why would he be? Correct. He's had some of the most traumatic experiences a person could possibly have. And he's carrying responsibilities on top of that. So he has no time to actually process that trauma. Even though you could say he's been there 10 years, that's if you've ever been through something traumatic, you can't force yourself to work through it necessarily. It has to be no. in its own time. And so I also believe he's closed himself off from the force in an attempt to protect Luke and probably himself. Yes, that's his goal. That is his purpose. And he will do anything, including shut himself off from all of that has ever been a part of his life before to to help this little boy and now his sister. Yes. And I would I would never expect him 
to pick up a lightsaber he has actively avoided using and wield it like he did at the in the prime of his uh, the fighting in the clone wars yeah. it's just it would be unbelievable not realistic and a, and a disappointment if i saw that yeah we've already seen obi-wan be that way we've seen him at his prime we've seen him in his full strength that's now what this story is this is a broken person exactly and it's about the story yes and the story is how do you rebuild a broken person that's what we're seeing like if obi-wan came out of the gate and was a fucking badass jedi who is like kicking it'd be stupid kicking vader's ass yeah like that's not a story that's that's it's it might be entertaining but i promise people that if you let the story unfold and they they actually take it in a direction where they rebuild him. It's going to be way more validating for you as a viewer to watch him mm-hmm. overcome that than to have him just like fly out the gate. Good old Obi-Wan, the way he always was, because that isn't what this story is. Yeah. And let's talk about the scene itself. He tells Leia to run. He's going to draw Vader away from her. His goal isn't to come out swinging. Mm -mm. He doesn't want to draw attention to the fact that he's even carrying a lightsaber and that he knows that he could use it if he tapped into it. He's trying not to cause too much of a stir just to take Vader away from her. Again, his purpose is protecting these young Skywalkers. Yes. And one false move and it's over. So he told her to run. He's going to, I think he even said, I'm going to draw him away. Yeah, he does say that. And he only, as Obi-Wan has always done, uses that lightsaber in defense. Yes. And I think it's incredible acting on Ewan's part to show the pain and the difficulty. He actually took a second hand and had to grip the lightsaber because he was trying, I mean, the scene was trying to show he needed that extra oomph to hold it against Mm -hmm. Vader, who is strong who hasn't wavered, who's had time to build his strength in his new metal body. And he has a vendetta against Obi-Wan. So Obi-Wan's already working with very little. He's got a lot going against him. He's got mental strife. He's got physical strife because he's cut himself off for a fucking decade from doing any of this. And he's staring at the face of his best friend and brother. And he says, what have you become? I mean, if it were me, and I, this was the first time I was looking face-to-face with his best friend, and that's yeah. what he looked like, I would be too stunned to move. That's the thing. People are forgetting that Obi-Wan didn't know what to expect. And so he watches this nightmare of a figure walk down the street and murder a street full of people. Yes. And he's doing that to draw Obi-Wan out. So it's also kind of like, quote, Obi-Wan's fault. Like, he's not able to stop it, and Vader's doing it because of him. It's like, no one is taking into account, at least no one who is saying that Obi-Wan is is running away. It's like, no shit, dude. First of all, I'd be afraid, too. Like, he's allowed to have fear. And that's the thing. He said it to Leia at the beginning. When you have the Force, it's like turning on the light in darkness and you feel safe. And he has not been doing that for himself. Mm -mm. He has Mm -mm. been cut off from the force. He feels unsafe. Now he's literally looking his worst nightmare in the face. And, and so I 
give him the space to be afraid. We've never seen Obi-Wan be afraid. So it's actually kind of interesting. And of course, the last time he was fighting this person, he hurt him very badly. Yeah, he had the upper hand. Yeah, and he doesn't want to recreate that scenario, which has been haunting him for 10 years, where he once again hurts his brother. So I think that scene was actually really beautifully done. I do too, because now Vader is on the side that Obi-Wan was on 10 years ago. Yes. And of course he's going to use that to his advantage. He's been, listen, Vader's been waiting for this moment as much as Obi-Wan's been trying to avoid this moment or Mm -hmm. didn't realize it. And then he, now he realizes it and now he has to face it. Right. Yeah. And of course it culminates with the incredible, I'm just going to say it as fucked up and twisted as it was. It was beautiful when he threw that glass down. I didn't quite know what was going on, but when he just calmly touched it with his red lightsaber and it, it it ignited. I said, this is exactly what I fucking want. This is the, like I told you, this is the pomp and the flair and the over drama that I expect from Vader and his first encounter with Obi-Wan since the incident, right? To drag him in the manner that Obi-Wan literally drug him through. Like, yeah. to put him in flames. To set him yeah. on fire. It's an eye for an eye. Yeah. And... They show Vader for a very long moment, his helmet with the flames reflecting in the eye plates of his helmet. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I loved every second of that. You want to talk about deep symbolism and you could say obvious symbolism. That's what I want. Yeah. Because you know Anakin is in that suit, pissed off that Obi-Wan got away, but he had his moment, right? Obi-Wan was screaming. I mean, kudos to Ewan for that scream. I felt that scream. Oh my god, did you notice too that it sounded like Anakin screaming? Yes, yes. It almost made me wonder if they overlapped some of the audio because his screaming was identical to to Hayden's. Yeah, it's not by mistake, it can't be. Oh no, I don't think so at all. And I think that that's why this scene literally, like, first of all, I think this might be one of the most brutal things I've ever seen in Star Wars. They literally- And you're not the only one. A friend of mine, Dan, who was who was on the Star Cruiser with us, he DM'd me and said, that is one of the most ruthless things I've ever seen. I was like, that's why we love it here. <laughs> I mean, I'll yeah, say I mean, it me, was, but... It was very hard. It was hard to watch it. Absolutely honestly, it was. It was, story-wise, it is the right choice. Anything yes. else wouldn't have worked as well. And... And it wouldn't have the impact that it needs to have, right? And so, like, Obi-Wan is literally now forced to face the deepest, most horrific fear. And now he has lived it and experienced what his best friend has gone through. And now it's the symbolism of purification through fire. Yes. Nailed it. Yes, exactly. So Anakin had his purification through fire... And you could argue that it brought out his true nature, which was Mm -hmm. Darth Vader. And Obi-Wan, we'll see what happens in the next episode, but I suspect that this purification through fire is going to bring out the compassion that is natural in Obi-Wan. That now he'll have some sort of compassion and sympathy in a way that he didn't have before. 
And it mm-hmm. is the thing that's going to let him rebuild now. He has seen all these different people. He's encountered all these people, including Leia and Tala and Haja or Paja or whatever his yeah, name right. is. That they <laughs> yes. won't list anywhere. You know, all these people putting their lives on the line. And he's been like really holding it tight to protect himself and protect Luke. And now he's literally faced his worst fear. Yeah. It can't get worse than it just got. So the only place to go from here is up. And I think that's beautiful storytelling. I do too. It has to be something crazy like this. Like it can't just be a cute little kid makes him suddenly a Jedi again. It has to be a fucking... I hate to use this term, but it's a term that's used not just religiously. It's an actual term from Joseph Campbell. The crucifixion of our souls. Mm -hmm. Right? This mm-hmm. is Obi-Wan's crucifixion, and it's because it's the whole, like, cycle, right? He's done it, and he didn't do it to Anakin, but he didn't rescue Anakin right. from the flames. So Anakin right. sees this as Obi-Wan's fault. So now Obi-Wan has experienced what his brother has experienced. It's like, the, like whoever wrote this really understood it. Yes. And so the people who are bitching about it don't understand the deeper mythology of the storytelling behind it and that's why i feel so frustrated (laughs) i would also like to ask all of the people the naysayers who were afraid of the pg-13 or whatever rating it has (laughs) how they're feeling right now how all your naysayers feeling seriously i was like not a kid's show this isn't even an adult show this is like (laughs) we just watched somebody get burned alive holy fuck Literally, in burning glass. And just, like, held the shot there for a really long time. It was, like, it was a lot. (laughs) Now, granted, we have to be realistic about a few things. His hair should be singed off. His beard should be singed off. His clothes should be stuck to his body. Not just a few cuts and we'll call it quits. But it's fantasy. (laughs) But they were bold enough and what I think smart enough to do this yeah I mean like I told you I think I want to change the method in which Darth Vader kills me <laughs> I when think you, I want to change when you sent this message to me I, I died I <laughs> laughed so hard <laughs> okay just hear me out listeners because Lauren's already heard it you know how I've always wanted to kind of be the person who is thrown to the ceiling and, sli- and and like sliced in half on you know via rogue one I- i'm changing that i want to be the woman who is force choked and drugged through the middle of the street and left to die when i saw that i said this is my darth vader folks this is him this is it i know i get it that's fucked up i get it i admit it but if we're going there just go there and they went there and i'm so happy <laughs> honestly i love that they are this bold because it's really scary and we need to really be afraid of Vader and he's not that scary in the original trilogy. He's more like mysterious. He's supposed to be scary, but this is like when he was walking down the street and just randomly pulling people and killing people and snapping necks and choking people. I loved that moment too, where Obi-Wan has now left the, the droid repair shop and he's like out in the alley and Vader had like knocked that box of crates over and there's the two people like hugging each other behind yeah. it. 
And then he, it, like, the way they use audio is so perfect. Again, it went to silence. Like, mm-hmm. they brought the audio to zero, and Vader turns right where Obi-Wan's supposed that, to be. Yo. I got goosebumps just me now too. talking about it. Me too. <laughs> that shit would scare me. I would run so fast the other direction. Yeah. But that is, that was so good. I mean, the snap. Like, the head snap. Oh, like, yeah. like, uh, like an animal that smells something, that senses something, and and yes. hones in on it. It's so good. Like, I know Hayden's underneath that suit, but brother brought it. You know what I mean? It was amazing. You gotta yeah. have that swagger and that. And you could kind of tell that it's Hayden the way that, like, w- when they showed the hands while he's walking. I know this sounds super weird, but like, he has a physicality to him that other actors don't have. So, like, you could kind of tell that that was him. Oh, Which my God. I like. I'm literally got goosebumps. So I know. Much right now. <laughs> I'm so happy with my life. I'm so happy with all of this. It's great. Seriously, I love I it. swear to God, if we don't even get the next three episodes, I'm in love. I love the story. I love the show. I think they have done just, they have just done it so right. And I was talking to Journey, which a lot of our listeners know Journey is a great hey, artist. Hey, Journey. Hey, Journey. Hey, girl. And she made a point and she was so fucking right that it's the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett are very good, but their tones were like all over the place. Yes, this is very focused. Obi-Wan is, is very focused. This is very focused, yes. And it needs to be, though. It needs to be. It does, because yeah. Because we have a character that we know and love that has a lot of information. We have a backstory. We have a future. We have what his death is. We have what's beyond death for Obi-Wan. So they have to be very focused and complete in their story booking their their planning of this mm-hmm. the 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 story mapping i guess is what yes. i'm trying to say because i i mean and they i in my opinion i think they're on the right track we're three episodes in we have three to go next week's yeah. gonna be very key because like what'd you call him like wompy obi-wan or what's oh, the wom- word you wompy yeah wompy yes <laughs> yes we're gonna get oh my wompy God. obi-wan give me the obi-wan wump and i will die the happiest woman on this planet I... yes i hope we're sitting here next week at this time discussing all the clone wars flashbacks with yes. hayden and obi-wan in i'm sorry hayden and obi-wan excuse me hayden okay <laughs> anakin and slip. obi-wan or hayden and ewan pick your pick your pairing um in clone wars armor that's all i asked for Oh my god, yes. I want I want him to be like in a fever dream where he sees I want him to like whisper Satine's name and I want him to see flashbacks from the Clone Wars and wake up and realize, oh, I'm not in that anymore. Like, oh my god, I want this so badly. (laughs) If we can get a Satine flashback, even just a just a flashing image. Just just someone with the with a fuzzed out face. They don't even have to have like, you know. Kate Blanchett. Um, but please you know, have just, Kate Blanchett. But please have Kate Blanchett. <laughs> just a fuzzed out face. Uh, you know, someone that we would know by the headdress <clears throat> or something. The gown. We would recognize the headdress instantly. Yeah, that's all we would need. Oh my God, I'd die. I'm literally goosebumps again. I want to kind of talk about the underground that we got introduced to. And honestly, there's mm-hmm. two other things that I really want to talk about. Um, and Me too, like, I have an idea of something. They're totally in different places in the storyline so do you let's cover it which one do you want to talk about just uh the stormtrooper that fell through the electrified fence and got (laughs) severed in half why is it always me talking about people getting severed it's on my list (laughs) is it on your list okay i just thought it was a cool effect glad they showed it um 
it was, I think I said to you a message saying that that was the moment where I was like, oh, the bar has moved. <laughs> like, yeah, the bar has moved, not a kid show. Yeah. And still not PG-13. So <laughs> And they showed it too because. They showed it. On Clone Wars, they have cut some people in half. And actually, I just it. rewatched the Siege of Mandalore and there's that horrific moment where I've totally forgot about this, but where Maul is holding with the force one of the trooper's arms through the door and the door like cuts his arm off. I was just like, oh my God. But this, they always cut away so you don't see it. It just is implied. We saw it in this show. They cut a person in half. Yeah, the only cut we saw was through the abdomen. (laughs) (laughs) Which I guess we've seen once before with Maul. God rest his soul. True. (laughs) True. God rest him. Um, well, really quick, speaking of Maul, did you catch the like symmetry of what Vader was saying to what Maul said to, to Obi-Wan, where Vader said, now you will suffer, Obi-Wan, and Maul said... Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I will did. make you yes. suffer <laughs> as I have suffered. Well, first suffered. of all, I was, feeling, I was feeling a lot of things in that moment, but I remember it registering in my brain like, oh, that's something, but I was so involved with what I was seeing <laughs> that I was like, oh, you know, know. But you know how your, your brain moves fast, but yeah, your eyes yeah, are still like, stuck on things? It's making a list. <laughs> exactly. That's what happened. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Whoever whoever collaborated and wrote this and, and put all of this into it, they paid attention. They really did. They just know they like knew the material and then they understood the the mythology. And like I just love that I'm seeing this is okay, I'm gonna just spaz out for a second. This is the hero's journey. Like Obi Wan is getting his own hero's journey. And he is in the stage that Luke was in in The Last Jedi. There is a stage of the hero's journey where the hero now has all the knowledge and wisdom, which Obi-Wan knows the truth now. He knows who the Sith Lord is. He knows what his friend has become. And then you escape with the boon, right? So he takes the Mm -hmm. child and he escapes to Tatooine and goes into hiding. Mm -hmm. And this is where the hero becomes just like so distraught with the knowledge that he has that he can't function anymore. And so, like, he just kind of recedes into himself. And this is being done beautifully in the story. It takes an outsider, finds him, heals him, and returns him to the regular world where he then began, mm-hmm. becomes, he, he crosses the final threshold to become mm-hmm. the hero once again. Leia is that person. It wasn't done properly in The Last Jedi. Like, Luke wasn't actually healed. And... Mm-hmm. That's why this, you can see Obi-Wan is healing and it he is crossing these thresholds. Mm-hmm. It's just such good writing. And I'm so <laughs> pleased to see that he's getting the proper treatment as a character to like bring him full circle. It just, the character deserves it. He's been put through so much. <laughs> yes. And, and I don't think, so on, on the point of The Last Jedi, um, I don't want to get into it too much because everyone knows how we feel about that, that yes. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the setup is much better in this regard and thus the outcome will be a, a lot better. Yes, because it's a different team, a different production team, different writers. Correct. And they worked with yeah. Filoni on yeah. Obi-Wan. <laughs> Point blank period. End of story. <laughs> Keeping it pushing now. I mean, so we we've seen how he's tried to like repair how people feel about Luke in in Book of oh, Boba Fett absolutely. and Mandalorian, and so we know he would not let that happen to Obi Wan. 
No, so, and this is... We never went into this thinking it would happen, and we're not seeing no. it. So I'm quite pleased. Yeah, I'm tr- I am trust I trust that the story is going to end properly. And... Deborah Chow is doing an excellent, excellent Cho Chow Chow. She's amazing, and you could see when we were talking earlier about how like the like, its tone isn't all over the place. They have one director. They have the same executive producing team. They have yep. the same team of writers, and it fucking shows. the yeah. The difference is obvious to me. Yeah, like Mandalorian yes. was all over the place every episode in season one was just like it it was so disjointed i'm not saying it was bad it was fun no it was totally season two people love it great yes it's good and like people love it for a reason but from a story position it was just like every episode had a different tone and that was really Mm -hmm. difficult and i know clone Mm -hmm. wars had that sort of but not really because they had the same executive producers, the same director. You know, it, it, the show was being run by Filoni. So it always had that same touch throughout it all. And this, the Obi-Wan show is just so consistent and it's so fucking refreshing. It's like watching a movie that's just, uh, you know, doled out in hour long segments. I mean, it's, it's just that good. I mean, yeah. It's really good. It's really good. I'm very... I'm so happy. <laughs> like, I am too. And I can't wait to see what happens next week. This is great. I'm dying to know what comes next. Girl, can we please talk about the conversation in the transport? Please. Yes. Between Obi-Wan and Leia. Like the whole sequence where they get it. And just really funny side note, Freck, the creature driving the truck, so, yeah, is yeah. played by Zach Braff from Scrubs. <laughs> Oh, it is? No yes. shit, I didn't know that. Well, isn't that isn't that proper? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was so He's funny. He's a jokester. <laughs> I loved the way the, like, nose was moving. It, I thought that yeah, was Yeah, really it was funny. like, yeah, it was, it was a cute, um, there was, you could say there was some symbolism there, <laughs> cultural symbolism from, like, present day, but we don't need to get into it. But, you know, I thought it was interesting that they hopped in knowing that he was a supporter yeah. And Leia just played right along. Yeah. And Obi-Wan had reservations, you know, because he's in the protection mode. And she was just bold and and uh, smart about it and did her best. And he's the one that screwed up and said, called her Leia. But I loved how they recovered from that. Yes. Very well. Was, oh, my God. Because I was just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And then he just like. It says, you know, that was her mother's name. I get confused. As I said, it's been very difficult. I was just like, that's fucking smart writing. That was because now it turns it so that now they can naturally have a conversation about Leia's parents. And it mm-hmm. was so fucking beautiful. <laughs> and I just love how he kicked everyone's ass in the end anyway. I did too. Oh, that was everything. Were you I dying? Mean. I was because dying. I, I, I was like, just... Lauren's having a wonderful time again this week at <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I got to see my Obi-Wan kicked the shit out of a whole truckload of people, and it was the greatest day of my life. It was life. great. And we also we also got the answer of, remember we were trying to figure out what the golden droid thing looked like? That was the loader oh, yeah, droid. yeah, the loader droid. Yeah, that was really cool. Which, I liked the sound like, effects with that thing. Me too. I felt kind of bad for him because he couldn't speak, but I did like the action speak louder than words kind of yes, thing. Yes, I thought that was A nice great. little reminder. One thing too, Vader lets Obi-Wan go. Oh, yeah. That a lot of people are talking about this because they're like, 
he could have walked through the fire. He, he could have stopped it. It's like, yeah, he did it on purpose. Yeah, he wants to play with his prey. Yeah. He's not done with Obi-Wan. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Once isn't good enough for him. He's going to draw this out. He's yeah. going to, you know, it's just like Maul, basically. Mm-hmm. It's the Sith mindset of like, take everything you love and use it against yeah. you. And injure you a few times so you know I'm not fucking around. But in the end, I'll have my way. That sort right. of mentality. Well, and like he's... Which is ruthless. He's wounded, but these people come and rescue him and he'll retreat with these people, like leading Vader to their underground network. Mm-hmm. God, True. wouldn't I love to see when Obi-Wan returns to his power to protect the network and all the... <laughs> yes! Oh my God, that'd be so fucking great. And that damn Jedi... Rest, rest in peace, Jedi that got hung in the first two episodes or whatever. Yeah. He's he's he had the nerve to say to Obi Wan, "What happened to you?" Well, bitch, when he ignites that lightsaber and saves the whole thing, he'll be like, "This is what happened to me." Boom, 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 boom. And then he'll just <laughs> take control of the situation and do it flawlessly with great hair. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think we should end it right there. <laughs> okay, let's end it right there. <laughs> Okay, so our question to you this week about episode three of the Kenobi series is, how did you interpret the duel between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan? We told you our strong feelings. We would love to hear yours. It's your chance to voice your opinion. Put it out there. Next week, join us back here for part four of the Kenobi series. We're going to dive in and do our reactions to that one. And holy shit, we can't wait. I don't know how we're going to survive a whole week, honestly, between episodes. It is fucking torture already. All right, this week for our listener comments, we're going straight to our patrons. Thank you for everyone who supports us via Patreon. We got some great comments when we asked what your favorite part of last week's two episodes were. Snow says, It's so hard to pick, but I think when Obi is telling Leia she reminds him of someone. Seeing how clearly Leia reminds Obi-Wan of Padme and Anakin is everything. And, yeah, who can argue that, right? Yeah. Chalazer Lightsaber says, I could go for something sad, but Haja, the fake Jedi, simply cracked me up. <laughs> Obi-Wan's face as he was witnessing him faking the Force was peak Star Wars humor. <laughs> I loved, I loved that scene. Totally. I thought it was hilarious. All of it. <laughs> Delta says, OMG, so many. I totally second what Jedi Master Adam said above about the moment Obi-Wan realizes he can't defend the man at his job. The micro-expressions on his face. And to that point, Jedi Master Adam left a very lengthy comment, so I'm going to try and only pick out a few parts. But he says in episode two, my favorite moment was buying Leia the gloves. Oh, yes. Oh, I love that moment. Right? At first, I thought this was just cute and funny, and it made me smile. But after finishing it, I thought about that moment many, many times as it kept popping back into my mind. I think there's far more to it. I think about how much love Obi-Wan has for the Skywalker family. It reminds me of how underneath the sometimes stern, always diligent, strict master persona he had with Anakin, there was always an undercurrent of gentle affection. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Honestly. It's really true. That's such a... And the fact that his compassion he couldn't save the person in the, in the assembly line like he couldn't help him in any way you know oh yeah it was so 
visible on his face. What was the phrase Adam used? The face journey, I think is what he said. <laughs> the face journey that Obi-Wan takes us on. It's it's true. He like Ewan doesn't say a thing in that scene. It's all portrayed through his facial expressions and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, when Jedi Master Adam commented on his favorite moment in episode 1, it was Without a single word uttered, we see Obi-Wan go from realization, anger, compassion, empathy, protectiveness, and then his face goes slack with resignation. Yeah. It's su such a good scene. It's so heartbreaking. I think this is really important. Jedi Master Adam says, For those of us in the audience who have spent a lifetime hiding who we really are in order to fit in, man, this scene cut deep. And I think there's a piece of all of us, in one way or another, yeah. that have had to do that. I think that's why it resonates so much with people. Some of us more than others, for sure, have had to repress who we are. And when you do that, mm -hmm. it just makes you sick. Over time, yeah. you can't, it's it's heartbreaking to have to even sustain that for any period of time. But yeah, I thought that was a really beautiful point to make, honestly. So thank you to all of our patrons. Um, your comments are amazing. Keep them coming. They're too long. <laughs> to read on here, but we read every single word and geek out with you. And if you want to also be a patron of ours, head over to Patreon and look up Most Things Kenobi and uh, you can join in the conversation. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Most Things Kenobi podcast. If you would like to support us, you can do so now on Patreon. And as always, follow us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast player. If you enjoy our podcast, feel free to rate us on Spotify and Apple. And if you need just one place to find all of these, head over to mostthingskenobi.com. So until next time, my space twin, may the force be with you. Always. Always.